You're listening to the MaritimeGardening.com podcast, episode 8. All right, thanks for joining us for another episode of the MaritimeGardening.com podcast. This is episode 8. And uh, once again, Greg, how are you doing? Doing great. We're... The summer solstice. Ah, uh, yes. So time for whatever pagan ritual you attach to that. <laughs> <laughs> and also great gardening. Well, that would be counting the days until next year this time, I guess. That's not much of a ritual. No, not really. But <laughs> funny how you always wait for this year. Oh, it's going to be the days are longer. And now it's here. Now it's here. Now it's just, well, you know, even though it's the longest day, it's not like it starts feeling colder after today. Just because right. you know, it's uh, you know, it's heating the ground up and everything's getting warm, and it's just going to keep doing that until you know that sort of critical moment when yeah, it's exactly. upon us. Exactly. And to, to clarify, obviously, if you're listening to this, you're listening to it most likely on the uh, what day would that be? Our release date is Tuesdays, is what we're shooting for. So this is the 20th of June that we're recording this. And uh, so, yeah, no, that's cool. Um, what's on the agenda for for this episode, Greg? Today is things that to try that your parents never grew. So the idea is to talk about varieties of, of plants you can grow in your vegetable garden that mm. you may not. I mean, this. Uh, I guess I'm speaking about my parents, but it's also things I'd never heard of. Right, um, yeah, I'm just so looking just, at... I'm looking at the list, and I can guarantee you I haven't heard of most of these until I knew you. Yeah, so the things I stumbled upon that I, I really like growing, they, um, they're good uh, in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and uh, I certainly never heard of them until I just, just the sort of thing you, uh, you're, you're in the garden center, and you're staring at all the seeds, and you're like, oh, what's that, you know? Mm. Um, so, and, and it's always good to try new things. Uh, sometimes you'll try new things, and they're just not suited to your soil or or the climate here or whatever, but sometimes they're, they're just fine and they do great. Cool. So these are things that I plant um, that uh, I've had success with that I like. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. All right, let's jump right into it. All right, and before I start, I just yeah. want to speak to uh, anyone that's new to gardening, uh, relatively new at gardening. Uh, you know, this has been a this spring, or I guess if, or is it still spring? This is the first day of summer, isn't it? <laughs> I guess it would uh, be. My wife knows all this stuff. She's a school yeah. teacher. I am, you know, just sort of a you know my my knowledge of of where we are in the season as well. It felt yeah. like this today. Yeah. But um, anyway, um, the spring has been cooler than what's typical. Last mm. spring was terrible too. But if if you're gardening and you're looking at your garden, saying, "Man, this is." Things aren't going the way I wanted. This plant didn't come up. This didn't germinate. This isn't happening. This is slow. This is small. Don't beat yourself up over it. That's why farmers live such a difficult existence. A farmer can have, if you talk to any farmers, they can say, oh, that was a bad year. This yeah, was right. a good year. Right. There's good years and bad years, and that's because you're completely dependent on on factors beyond your control. Right. And if you uh, live near the ocean mm-hmm. and you don't have any sort of protection from the ocean, then it can have a cooling effect. It can also keep the fall warmer for longer. You yeah. can have an extended fall. Yeah. There's all kinds of things that can happen, and it can change from year to year. And you just have to recognize when it's happening and not get all bent into shape and just roll with it. Yeah. So, I mean, even this morning, I was looking at my zucchini, and uh, only half of them are up. Half of them have germinated just fine. The other half aren't even there. 
And I'm not even sure that they're going to germinate. They might have just been those particular seeds yeah. for whatever reason just didn't have it in them to, right. to handle the last three weeks. Yeah. And they sort of maybe maybe they have germinated one day and then it was cool and they rotted and died. So yeah. I've replanted them all. They'll catch up. Yeah. Uh, as I said before, you have to have the mentality of a problem gambler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be yeah. fine. It's all going to work. I got my lucky shoes on and it's all going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not too late to plant um, squashes and things like that. I'd, it'd be great if everything germinated the first week of June or even earlier. That would be ideal. Mm-hmm. And it, maybe if you're part of uh, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, or PER that has a nice uh, microclimate where that happened, good, good for you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. I'm very jealous, but it did not happen where I am. Mm. Um, so we just gotta just gotta roll with the punches, and you know it just means I'm not going to have as many zucchini in this instance uh, as soon as I would have liked. Right. But you know when when things are nice and warm, things tend to grow at an accelerated rate anyway. And the faster things grow, the better it is anyway. Plants that grow fast, get, that get big fast, tend to have the best. They tend to bear the best uh, results anyway. Right. So, yeah, cool. just, just roll with it and soldier on. Right. All right. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is is a, uh, an herb that I stumbled across in a hardware store just in their garden center. And I said, oh, what's that? You know, and it, it's called Vietnamese coriander. Uh, I like to cook a lot of stir-fry type food. I mm-hmm. like cooking uh, uh, curries. I like cooking and making salsa. I like fajitas. I like all that sort of stuff. And coriander or, or cilantro, uh, coriander is just the name of the seed that grows cilantro. Okay. So if you like salsa, love it. Then chances are you like cilantro because mm-hmm. um, it goes in that. Or if you go to, if you like going to Vietnamese restaurants, they tend to have cilantro in their food, they, the leaves. You yes. can also use the yeah. seed as a, as a spice for certain things, but we typically, okay. um, you'll typically see the uh, cilantro leaves in, in various uh, entrees. Vietnamese coriander. Is not it's not coriander. I don't know what it is. It's a weed that grows greenery that looks nothing like coriander. It looks nothing like cilantro. Hmm. Um, not at all. But it happens to taste really, 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 really close. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. It doesn't resemble it in the slightest. If you were walking oh. by, and it, actually, I have a, I have a weed that grows in my garden that looks identical to it, but. It tastes like poison. It's not the same. <laughs> it looks like almost indistinguishable, but it's yeah. not the same thing. Vietnamese mm-hmm. coriander, when you crumple up a leaf or bite into it or whatever, it, it tastes like cilantro. Mm. Uh, it's this green, long green leaf that's spotted, has like uh, black, browny black spots on it. But the advantage of Vietnamese coriander, as opposed to cilantro, when you buy those little round seeds and you plant them, is that when you're growing cilantro, it, it's a plant that grows, it gets about a foot high, and then you got to use it or it's going to go to seed. Right. So you have to plant it in succession planting. So if you want to have it all summer long, you got to plant a new row of it every, let's say, two or three weeks. So for me, anything like that, I, I like read a lot of garden books. They say, oh, plant in successive planting. I, I can't stand that. I, I just want to plant it and eat it. And when it's gone, I'll move, I'll eat something else that's ready then. Right. I don't like having to redo stuff like that. And it also can get boring. Yeah. The beauty of Vietnamese coriander is once you put it in the ground, it's going to become, you buy it as a transplant. I've only ever seen it as a transplant. It's in the herb section. Mm-hmm. If they've got a big pile of herbs, you know, the oregano and the mint and all these other things. And you put that in the ground in June, doesn't like the cold. 
and it'll just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So by the time the frost, once the frost hits, it's done. It can't take any frost at all. It'll, it'll hang around for a day or two. But if you know the frost is coming, take it all and dry it or do something with it. Yeah. Make all your cells. So it gets really big. It'll be, let's say, two feet in diameter. If, it's, if your soil is really good and it's happy where it is, yeah. it'll be this big plant. So you have, from buying one $2.99, $3.99 transplant, you've got coriander all summer. And when the plant's at its biggest and at its best, that's when your, your tomatoes are all ready. So if you were going to can some cilant- or can some salsa, you'd have all this, you know, you've got to use it up anyway because the, the fall is coming and the frost is coming and the plant's not going to be any good soon. You've got, you got to pull the tomatoes out and you might as well take that out too and make some uh, salsa and put it in jars if, yeah. you're, if you're into that sort of thing. So it's timed really well. Whereas, for instance, um, if you're planting cilantro by seed, if you plant it now, you're going to have to eat it all in a month and your tomatoes aren't even going to be close to ready in a month. Right. So... It's timed perfectly with your tomatoes anyway. Mm. So, and it's good value for money. It won't overwinter. I think it's like a zone 11 plant, so it's not going to take, although there was one garden that uh, I planted in another location, and it, it did come back. Uh, certainly in my backyard, it never comes back. Right. I've, I've left it in the ground every year. It dies. Yeah. But I guess in really unique situations, it can come back because I've seen it. Mm. But it's a zone 11 plant. Because you know Vietnam, Vietnam yeah. <laughs> kind of hot compared to here. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, accept that you're going to have to buy one every year, but it's totally worth it because for three ninety nine you get yeah. cilantro all summer long. That's right? awesome. I'm definitely going to try that one because we're we're all about the cilantro and our salsa and, and wraps and all that stuff. So. Right, and it's it's not a particularly demanding plant. It doesn't need a lot. It seems to be it's just a, a weed. Cool. <laughs> And, but it also won't take over. It grows out from a center like a hosta. Yeah. It doesn't send tubers everywhere and take over like mint would. It just sort of grows out. It gets bigger and wider and bigger and wider and just keeps mm. going. Nice. Um, number two is a great plant that I, I just stumbled upon last year in reading and I planted it and it, it's come back. I think it's a zone three or zone four plant, so totally fine for here. And it's called Lovage, L-O-V-A-G-E. Mm. And again... Sounds lovely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It doesn't have a lovely taste, I guess, but oh, yeah. it's got a, it's got an important taste. So Lovage is a member of that family that celery is in. Okay. And it tastes like celery, but it's a perennial. So you buy one of those for two ninety nine, and it'll. I planted my Lovage in front of on on the southern side of one of my apple trees. So it's it's in a place I don't normally grow things, and it's not particular. I just stuck it in the soil that was there, which was terrible. Mm-hmm. Useless soil, just clay soil. Yeah. Um, didn't do anything. I just made a hole big enough to put it in. I put it in, and all last year, it just hung on and looked pathetic. But this year, it was one of the first things up. So it came up about the same time as my garlic. It came up way before my um, rhubarb, for mm-hmm. instance. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't mind the cold. It came up, and it's about two feet high now. And these can apparently get to five feet high. Wow! Um, if your soil's good and all that sort of stuff. So, and all you do is, I mean, celery is not a food. I mean, it, it's food, but I mean, it's hardly got anything in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we add celery to foods to make, to accent the flavor. 
you know, if celery was a delicious food, you could go to a restaurant and get a plate of celery. That is true. Um, I've never seen that anywhere. <laughs> it's usually <laughs> added to things. Uh, you know, the seeds go really good with a margarita. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Trying to get your kids to eat it, you slather it with peanut butter or cheese Whiz. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. you gotta, you got to cover it or you, you dip it in your goopy dip that goes with all your other vegetables. You know, why would you? I've tried growing celery. It doesn't, it takes, celery takes like 100 days to mature. It takes a long time to grow celery. And I've had mixed results with it. I've never really been happy with the celery I've grown now. You know, my own advice says that I should keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. And one right. year I'll get it. But since I've discovered lovage, and it's, it's not like I eat buckets of celery. I mean, it's, it's if you're making something, you want a bit of that celery taste in it, like yeah. a soup. Or I was making black eyed peas the other day. You're frying up the bacon and all that sort of stuff. You, you just throw in a stock of that lovage and it, it, the whole house smells like celery. It's got a really strong flavor, so you don't need a lot. So it's it's a great substitute for oh. celery if you use celery in your cooking you here. Nice. And uh, you you buy it once and you've got it forever. Cool. Yeah. Um so that's lovage. Uh another plant I talked about earlier, so I won't talk about it very long. Yeah, I kohlrabi. What episode. Um kohlrabi is a plant that grows a, a turnip something it grows a, a bulb, or not a bulb, it, it grows a root. That mm. is a cross between a radish and a turnip. I'm not very fine, uh, fond of the root. Yeah. It grows these huge green leaves. And I never saw this growing up. I, I bought seeds at a dollar store one year and tried them out. And it, it just makes this huge green plant. And the greens are very tasty. It's a good substitute for cabbage. Okay. So instead of growing cabbage, which cabbage takes a long time, you know, mm. it, it's got a you you got to do all this stuff with the leaves, and there's, uh, there's certain pests that like uh, cabbage. There's also pests that like kohlrabi, but they only like the kohlrabi when it's young. If if you can get it past that like one inch tall, two inch tall stage, it's pretty it's pretty good after that. Right, with the exception of a few really pesky uh, caterpillar type thing. Mm-hmm. But it's great. Any dish that you would use cabbage in, imagine a cabbage is just a little more flavorful. Yeah. Not only that, but when you harvest the leaves. And you put them in your – never wash the leaves. So you harvest the leaves and you're going to put them in your fridge. Um, you just harvest the leaves and put them in a bag and put them in there. Wash them when you're going to eat them. If you wash it, that goes for any leafy mm-hmm. vegetable, really. If you're going to harvest it and put it in your fridge for a day or two, uh, don't wash it. Because washing it tends to just accelerate the breaking down process. Mm, wash it tip. when you're about to eat it. Yeah. Uh, and don't worry about the bugs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Greg they'll, said so. They'll just slow down in your fridge and they'll, they'll stay right on it. <laughs> they're just protein anyway. <laughs> they should just slow down. Well, when you wash it, they should yeah. come up, but they're yeah. not they're not going to go anywhere because your fridge is cold. It's winter in your fridge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you you're going to see them. I'm just joking. Yeah. You're going to see the bugs anyway. You'll shake them off or whatever. Yeah. But it keeps for a ridiculously long amount of time. I and mean, you put that in a bag, an old Sobeys bag or something in your fridge, leave it there for a couple weeks, it looks fine. Huh. It's an incredibly good plant uh, in terms of its ability to keep. I'm surprised it's not very popular. And the only reason I think it's not popular here is it's not common. And we're so focused on that terrible – it's not terrible. It's just the root is – in my opinion, the root isn't the star of the show, Mm -hmm. (laughs) even though it is a root vegetable and it's grown for the root. Um, The only thing I would add the root to – I add the root to to soup so that the – it sort of tastes like what I (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> put yeah. in the soup. Right. Um, so that's kohlrabi. Um, another one, uh, it's, it's squash called delicata squash. And if you're new to this, 
when you're in a garden center, you're looking at all the seeds, all the squashes are called squash. So zucchini, often you'll get a pack of zucchini seeds, and the word zucchini isn't anywhere on the pack. Oh, yeah. um, or a, you, you want to buy a pumpkin, and it doesn't say pumpkin, it says squash. But if wow. you're lucky, there's a pitcher and it looks like a pumpkin. Right. Uh, a lot of that, that family of, uh, of vegetables, it just says squash, so you've got to know the variety. So a delicata squash is not a zucchini. Um, it's a, uh, what would you call it? It's a winter squash, so it's a squash that you you harvest in you know the fall, and you can put it in a someplace cool, and it'll keep for quite a, quite a long time. Mm-hmm. So you grow a whole bunch of them. It's a great plant to grow because you grow a whole bunch of them, you harvest them before the frost comes, and you just put them somewhere yeah. and use them as you want them, and they'll keep for quite a while. I mean, geez, uh, you know you can even leave them. Uh, in your kitchen for quite a while, they, they, just like any like an acorn squash or a butternut squash, they'll keep for a, quite a long time. But the beauty of delicata squash is they're small; they're like the size of a uh, sweet potato, and their taste is not unlike that of a sweet potato. Mm. Uh, and they don't have a lot of seeds inside, so they're pretty easy. You, you just cut the thing in half lengthwise and mm-hmm. scoop up the seeds. One whole plant that's let's say the size of a good sized sweet potato would have. Oh, a tablespoon or so of seeds in it. They don't have a lot of seeds, okay. so you're getting a lot, and they're very easy to grow. And because the the fruits, because the squashes aren't particularly big, uh, you can train them upwards. And you know, if you're growing a squash with a really big fruit, and you're trying to grow it vertically, you got to do all this stuff to support it because those heavy squashes mm-hmm. want to pull the thing down. Mm-hmm. But these delicata squash, it you know, it's almost like growing. Um, pickling cucumbers. You can train it right up and it'll be fine. Um, so it's handy if you haven't got a lot of room. If you want to grow squash and you haven't got a lot of room and you want to grow vertical, which a lot of people do, especially if they're in the city and spaces at a premium or if they're renting one of those uh, garden plots in a community yeah. garden, uh, putting a couple of those in is great because you can grow them up you know, four or five feet high mm. and they'll just grow. You can make like a tree out of it if you're, you know, if you have got, if you've got the right kind of trellis. Nice. So that's delicata, and they look really nice too. There's this pretty sort of striped uh, green and green and green and yellow sort of color. They look really cool. They taste very good. They keep really well. <laughs> Only good things to say. Good. Uh, that's delicata squash. And finally, this is a kind of zucchini, although you'll never see the word zucchini on the package. It's called Costata Romanesco. <laughs> it's. I'm guessing it's Italian. Yeah, it sounds that way. <laughs> It's a zucchini, but when you go to the grocery store, the zucchini t- typically are those dark green ones. Yeah. Of the zucchini varieties I've tried, I would say there's one you can buy. There's one I buy that's like that called Black Beauty. Looks like the ones you buy in the grocery store. It's the least of the zucchini, the least good tasting of the zucchini. Mm-hmm. Um, there's better zucchini out there. And Costata Romanesco is, in my opinion, in terms of what I've tried, it's the best. It's an impressive-looking plant. It's big. You know, it's three feet high and three feet wide. It's really big-looking. You look like, a, if you've got good soil, this thing's going to make you look like an awesome gardener. Cool. It's got a really neat ribbed structure, the actual fruit, the zucchini. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can get really big. They can get a foot and a half long and four or five inches in diameter so they can get really big. I, I wouldn't harvest them at that size. I'd get them a bit smaller, maybe yeah. nine inches, you know. But flavor-wise, 
they blow other zucchini out of the water. They're really, really mm. good tasting zucchini. I mean, zucchini is one of those things people tend to not go too crazy, but it does, doesn't have a lot of flavor on its own. You'd, you'd cook it with other things. Yeah. But not so for this variety, Costata Romanesco. It's just good tasting. Jeez, if I'm in the garden and I'm kind of hungry and it's not supper time yet, I'll just snap one off and eat it right there. It's that yeah. good. So it's a very, I mean, it's not, it's not bacon. <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty hard to grow bacon in the we soil. We can grow that, man. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm switching jobs. Yeah, you figure uh, that one out, I think we're on to something. <laughs> but it is very good tasting and it's, it's great for cooking with and it makes uh, an excellent, uh, one thing we love here is zucchini relish. I've never figured out a good way to pickle. I love pickles, but zucchini yeah. tends to, in my opinion, doesn't make as good a pickle as a, a pickling cucumber, yeah. but it, a relish, the zucchini relish is better than most relish you buy. You buy relish, it's 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 cucumber relish, yeah, right. But zucchini relish, in my opinion, is much better. And if you make it with that variety, uh, it's it's just great. It's well, really- yeah, this all this talk of uh, different relishes and things like that. I think maybe when this season's over, we're going to have to come out with some uh, some of Greg's favorite recipes and and uh, do a little show on that. That'd be great. Yeah. It'd be great oh. to do that. Well, for me, gardening and cooking is, I love to cook. I do most of the cooking in my house. Mm. I worked in a restaurant for, I think, a month. They yeah. fired me. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> pro- proper thing, proper thing. The cooking uh, industry is a really, really tough business. It yeah. uh, wasn't for me. But yeah. uh, I do love cooking. I just don't love doing it for a living. It's, right. That's a whole nother. If you ever watch any of those cooking shows, they're not too far off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the ones with Gordon Ramsay and that sort of <laughs> thing. They're not, not, not the most... The kindest of employers <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're yeah, in the kitchen. Yeah. But uh, anyway, cooking and gardening is totally – because you're growing food. So yeah. I mean, what's, what's your end game? Your end game is to eat that. And yeah. if you've put all that energy into growing it, then you want it to taste really good. So naturally exactly. you start getting better and better at, uh, yeah. at growing. I guess an honorable mention too would be, uh, as I mentioned last week, garlic. Garlic, grow garlic. Next, this fall – Get in a garden center, buy all the seed garlic you can find, plant as much of it as you can everywhere. It's you will not be sorry for planting garlic. You you'll you'll kick yourself that you didn't grow it before. It's mm. it's it's very easy to grow and you will it'll be if you if you use garlic in your cooking, grow garlic. Yeah, makes sense. Awesome. So that, that doesn't I mean I could there's lots of other things, yeah. but I think that's those are main ones I think a lot of people probably haven't heard of. The five main ones and a bonus of garlic. We tend to sort of go along in this box you know we we all tend to live in boxes where we right. we do what we're used to and we stick with what we know uh which is safe safe uh, yes let's be safe but uh it's, it's worth trying different things once right. in a while it's it's certainly uh, the old adage nothing ventured nothing gained right definitely uh if you've got the space if you've got the room uh why not try something new this season yeah and there's still time to, there's still time to plant all of these things so. That's cool. Very good. No, that's Where'd good go? info. That's good info. I might, might try dropping a few of those, in the ground myself. So, awesome. Great. All right, Greg. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to uh, to episode eight. And uh, if you want to review the show notes, you can find those at maritimegardening.com/slash zero zero eight. It will also be the the latest episode. Uh, is always the one on the top of the site. So if you go to maritimegardening.com, you'll see the latest episode there. You can scroll down and find all the previous ones. Just a couple things to mention. If you are on Facebook, 
We have a Facebook fan page. If you're not aware of that already, it's just facebook.com slash maritime gardening. Or you can just search it as maritime gardening. And if you find us, go ahead and give us a like. And uh, as a bonus, if you like what we're doing, by all means, share our episodes or, uh, you know, just share our, our fan page on your Facebook page. That would be great. Any questions you may have, uh, from time to time we feature questions that are sent in by our listeners to Greg. And uh, so you can do that a couple different ways. You can leave a comment on each episode directly on the website. Or there's a record button on the site where you can actually record up to a 90-second voicemail. And we'll get that and we can feature that on the show. Yeah, that's pretty well it. If you're listening on iTunes... And you want to give us a good rating, that would be awesome. Uh, Or whatever podcasting application you are using. So that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next time, Greg. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.